All right, here we are, 12-15-23, approaching the greatest day ever, Christmas, sort of. I guess you could probably argue with that, but maybe not. Anyway, it's Common Sense Ohio, 12-15-23. Here we are again at the roundtable, making sense out of things that are nonsensical. And how do we do that? Well, it's not that hard. You just have to apply some common sense. And as I like to say, I like to make things simple, and almost everything can be made simple. All you got to do is, again, apply common sense and we are at commonsenseohioshow.com if you want to check it out we have our old episodes up there you can uh, subscribe to our website or uh, rather subscribe to our podcast up there it's just a link that'll take you to all podcast subscription places Uh, so go ahead and do that we are brought to you of course as we have said over and over week by week by week by harper plus accounting where you won't just get your beans counted you're going to get your planning done i should i should develop slogans for them shouldn't i we are on video. Norm is pointing at the camera to remind us that we are on video. Uh, we're going to have little shorts and reels or whatever they call them on all the social media platforms, and you can catch the whole shows. Uh, I think we're on Parlor. We're on a couple different places now. I yeah. don't know. We got Photo Dan uh, taking care of the production on that end. So anyway, without further ado, here we are at the Common Sense Ohio Roundtable. Uh, I've got a special guest here today. You can probably see the back of his head, uh, Drew Palmer. Hello. Good morning, Drew Palmer. So Drew, Drew is at Bowling Green, and if you didn't figure out the last names, he's my son, my oldest at the Bowling Green University, where the show is catching like wildfire up there, isn't it? A little bit. A little, uh, no, <laughs> hey. is, yes, hyperbole. Come Exaggerate on. everything. Come on. Learn how to be a broadcaster. <laughs> um, I mean, you know. Anyway, Drew and his buddies listen to the show up there, and he's home for Christmas break on his way to work here in about a half an hour, but I told him to grab a headset, grab a mic, join the... Join the fun. Uh, every single week, we've been coming up with a This Day in History. And Drew, you added, uh, or you reminded me of something I didn't know, if that's a that's sort of a non sequitur. You, you uh, brought up something I didn't know, and that is as I was l- researching the World War II uh, uh, fact of the day, you know, what happened this day in World War II, Drew brought up something else that maybe even be more significant than World War II. What was it, Drew? The Bill of Rights. Was ratified this day. Oh. Uh, in uh, 1791, Virginia was the final state to ratify the Bill of Rights. And, you know, it, it really, anybody who is curious about uh, why we are so great, that's a great place to start. Go oh, read the Bill of Rights. No kidding. In, in no particular order, check out the Bill of Rights. Check out the Declaration of Independence. It gives me chills to read it. Uh, check out then, just, just go whole hog and check out the Constitution and find something in the Constitution, the current version that you don't like, and we can debate it, because uh, if you think you're going to rejigger it some way to make it better, good luck. And man, do we have Fourth Amendment, First Amendment, and Second Amendment stuff. All going on right today, now. Today. Right now. It's, un I mean, just earth-shattering stuff. Well, before we get there, yeah. We'll, oh, yeah. let's Bef- do our World War II. Yeah, before we get sure. there, absolutely, man. So, you know, Norm, I didn't realize this. Um, I didn't know that... Um, Glenn Miller died today in 1944 on a plane. Yeah. Uh, it presumably was shot down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what, over the Atlantic? Yeah. Or, you know, we don't know, right? It could have been weather. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. They found yeah. the wreckage later, I guess. Yeah. Um, and he's never, or maybe they never found the wreckage. He's never been found. I didn't yeah. know that. that yeah. I, did, I, You know, that's, that's just one of those facts that somehow I've avoided learning uh, or at right. least... Uh, stockpiling in the crannies of my brain for right. recall. I, yeah. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, 
I mean, he it, it, that would be like when, uh, you know, like when Michael Jackson died or something. I mean, I mean, he or was. The, or what was the New Year's Eve Buddy Holly uh, the airplane crash. Yeah. yeah. The but the music died. Yeah. But to that World War II that generation, yeah. I mean, Glenn yeah. Miller right. was. Yeah. That was a kick in the gut. He at the was time. the pop star of the time. Yeah. Exactly. Like the superstar. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and look, the music still holds today. I mean, you hear it, it's sort of this nostalgia feel, but, yeah. uh, you know, that was it. Does your does your item, Steve, say whether or not. I think he was in the army, actually. Like, I think. I think he was like a captain or something at the time he died. Was or was he just a? Uh, I say just. I don't mean that. But or was he a civilian USO guy? Because uh, I so think here's what he says. He persuaded the U.S. Army to accept his service. To there quote, you go. Put a little more yeah, spring into the yeah, feet of our yeah, marching men and yeah. a little more joy in their hearts. And for the next 18 months, uh, Miller's 50 member band stayed busy with morale building concerts and radio broadcasts. No cause has ever been established for the loss of the plane. Yeah, uh, he that's what I. He was, a, he was a major. But the he, he, he was in yep. the. That's what I thought. He yep. he enlisted. He was on a C sixty four Norseman. It didn't have de icing equipment, so maybe that's it. They had some icy mm-hmm. weather. Yeah. Um, but look, I mean, it, doesn't that say something about the difference in culture then and now? I mean, oh, yeah. so we're in World War Two, and and the pop star of the day, not only. Uh, is draft like not not drafted and forced right but like joins and in his middle age and takes right. his skill set his particular skill set to add a little more quote this is his quote put a little more spring to the feet of our marching uh men and a little more joy to their hearts right you know it's like he right. want everybody wanted to contribute their part into this conflict right. and yeah. and by the way in 1938 on december 15th we had yet another the u.s washington sends yet another request uh, to Berlin, demanding amnesty for the Jews, the fourth request. So, you know, it, it, it's funny because you, you sort of parallel those with what's going on today. You know, they're like people want to join and fight the evil, and now people want now people say we're the evil people, and we don't want to join and fight the evil. You know, it's like it's like a total turnaround. Um, right. and, and you know, if you follow the history after World War II and look at uh, the history of the Soviet Union and the Cold War and how all that happened and what the Soviet Union's uh, communist agenda was at the time to sort of infiltrate universities, infiltrate ideology. They couldn't beat us uh, in a physical war. They just couldn't do it, or we'd blow up the planet. And I think everybody would believe right. that. Right. Um, yeah. But you know, they 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 made a determination that they can beat us on ideology over time. Yeah. Um, and you know, Marx said, and I think the Communist Manifesto, the capitalistic society contains the seeds of its own destruction. Now he didn't mean it the same way. I'm going to apply that thought but it, when I when I first read the Communist Manifesto as a young freshman in college it didn't re- I didn't understand what the hell I was reading I don't think but um, that quote never I never forgot that quote and and you know what I, I apply that now to a scenario where we have freedom of speech and expression and political speech which you know at least we think we do or maybe they're chipping away at it but because of the freedom we allow it permits our enemies to infiltrate us with their message absolutely um, Tick, you know, TikTok yeah. being a perfect TikTok and, and with the Soviets agenda. So, look, there are interviews of old KGB agents out there talking about how they're going to take down the United States. And we won't even know it's going to happen. They're going to do it from within through right. ideology yeah. and infiltrate our universities. And they made a decision to infiltrate the Democratic Party, not the Republican Party at the time. And they did. You know, and they and, did. And it's a no question about it. Um, so, you know, does our society. So it's not just that it's a capitalistic society contains the seeds of its own destruction, but maybe our free society does in some way. Because oh, for sure. We permit, uh, on the face of it, we permit our enemies to have a say so in 
and, and use the most valuable right we have, freedom of speech. And then ironically, now that they have sort of taken hold, they want to take that right away. Yeah. So we can't work it backwards. Yeah. You know, it, it's so apparent. Yeah. Looking back on this. And then, you know, we we talked last week a little bit about the three, uh, you know, Ivy League uh, presidents before Congress that just they had this huge blot in their eye that they could not see that. First of all, all of us are against these speech codes. But if you're going to have one, they're so hypocritically applied. Well, that's it, though. So, right. I, I don't have a problem with a speech code, look, I have it. I have a, there, there are two issues we have to evaluate or two levels on, upon which we should evaluate this. And, so, and since then, by the way, the UPenn lady was fired. She was fired. Right. And, yeah. and the, right. the, or resigned. And the Harvard Whatever. gal is being censored now and looked yeah. into for all sorts of plagiarism and different things. But you know, the, the first level is, is can, is it, is it free speech or not? And it's a private university. So there is no freedom of quote, freedom of speech from a constitutional standpoint at private universities at public. It's a different story. Yeah. Um, but you know, the government can't pass a law that impinges upon your freedoms, but private people can. Now there might be some other redress for that in the form of lawsuits and, and oh, yeah. private actions. Right, but right, right. you know, they, they were, when, when the, when Congress is asking these presidents about the, about, uh, whether, um, uh, a message to kill all the Jews would violate their policies. I, I, I'm bastardizing the quote, but or yeah. screwing it up. And, and they're saying, well, it depends on the context. I sort of agree with them, you know, on a fundamental level. It does sort of depend on the context if you're going to violate their policies, because if their policies say you can't incite violence, and the, the somebody makes a comment like that in sort of an open forum where it's not directly uh, inciting violence um, or intended to, well, you know, that may not violate the policy, but that's not the problem. That's not the problem. The problem right? is yeah. when other speech that's clearly more egregious, uh, or or just as, or, or not as egregious. I mean, clearly yeah. less egregious. Yeah. They take action on. So you mm. know, if you go and say a man can't become a woman, you're going to be kicked out of school. And they did that at and Harvard. They, they've done that at Harvard. <laughs> they've right. done that. You know, if you use the N word in a way like that kid who used the N word in high school, and it later came out on right. social media, and he's doing it in like the sort of the who's the concert drew we went to. Uh, the country guy, Morgan Wallen. Morgan Wallen. Remember, he got sort of he went through this. this yeah. he, he got caught getting drunk with his pals and 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 using the word in sort of the the slang way. But anyway, if you do yeah, that, you right. can be kicked out of school. Absolutely, it's not yeah. inciting violence. It's right. nothing. Right. Um. It is. It is less egregious, if anything. Yeah. Um. Or if you say if you support um uh, a conservative agenda in any way, shape, or form. Sure. Uh, you're going to be censored at those colleges. So look, it's it's not the policy that is the problem. Like you said, Norm, it's the hip, hypocritical administration of the policy. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. And, it, and, and, it point, and it points out the indoctrination that has been happening on campus. Yes. That's the only reason I brought that up is is to reinforce your point that the commies, you know, or socialists, whatever you want to call them. They have free you, speech. I, I, yeah, no, I mean, they, they can do whatever they want. And uh, right. qu- quite clearly, uh, there is a tie between the Chicoms and Hamas and, and Iran. There yep. is this back channel of anti-freedom across the globe where they want to censor right. uh, people who heretofore have had uh, these... Uh, Bill of Rights. Well, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, again, we sort of t- draw this parallel. You know, we have created a freedom that Drew brought up, you know, in, in our Bill of Rights. Exactly right. On this right. day in 1791. Yeah. Big time. The, and there's more to say about that. But, you know, right, we, we create right, a freedom. Right, right. 
and and later on it's used as a that very freedom is used as a weapon against us and then once the weaponizers take over uh, or gain a foothold they want to get rid of the freedom right because that's what they use to gain the foothold they don't want any and i don't even know that they 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 understand that's what they're doing intentionally but well, the, it the, is what they're doing the british um <laughs> you know who we defeated or who our forefathers defeated the british have this uh, uh phrase they call um uh, selling you a dummy and what they mean that by that is like selling you a, a bill of goods yeah yeah selling just, uh, uh, selling you something making you adopt their point of view and then using it against you as you just said right and you know like a perfect example of that it, this week was the mayor of boston uh mayor Wu, yeah. um who decided this, this to, is this is awesome i mean it's i mean like, it's, it's, it's so it's, insane it's, it's, it, she issues this this christmas party invitation intending it for be to only be for non-whites specifically even though right. she's married so we have a government sponsored <laughs> she's married christmas to a white party, guy a government sponsored christmas party only for black people right that are uh, and it's by special invite well she screws up and, and she had to disinvite hmm like six council persons right. who are white on the Boston city and then council. They're, 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 some of the replies are great. It's like, wow, well, I mean, I understand. I'd like to come to the party, but since I don't, right. <laughs> you know, right. Wow. They're, they're virtue signaling all over the place. Yeah. Like, Oh, that's great that you're having a Brown and no, black. It's, not. it's segregation at, at the highest level of government in Boston. You know, right. it's like, like what kind of lunacy is that? Can you imagine if that were applied norm? We're going to have a white only. You wouldn't be invited. You yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or or maybe I would make some kind of 23 and me uh case to the mayor. Oh, now listen, I have a little sub-Saharan sure, African. Right. You know, I, got I a mean, what, I got a little bit of slice. What, 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 it's so it's, stupid. It's, it's, it's so your insane. skin color, your skin color dictates where you can go, when you can be there, right. and for what events you're allowed to attend or what events you're allowed to attend. And if that's not segregation at oh. the government level, I don't know what is. I mean, it's Klan stuff. It's Nazi right. stuff. It, it I is. mean, and this is and this is what the liberals who are so blind to this are backing into. They are with these kinds of choices like an all-black dormitory at a public university or a separate black graduation. Right, it's separate they are, but equal. They are backing into right. what they well, defeated. This, yeah. So this is like the 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 uh, wasn't this part of the rift with Malcolm X and Elijah Muhammad? Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Of the, of the black Muslim movement. Malcolm X had moved on, and he he said, "Look, this a separate society within ours isn't what I want." You know, no. we, we, we and no. it's it's clearly the 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 uh, Elijah Muhammad message was clearly contrary yeah. to uh, Martin Luther King, who was saying, "Look, we these rights exist. We just want them applied to us too." And it's mm-hmm. it's Louis mm-hmm. Farrakhan now who is Louis the Farrakhan, spokesman right. for that point who, of view. Who calls Jews termites, by the way? And, oh, sure. You know, but it was Farrakhan who was saying, "I'm going to brush my teeth with black toothpaste." You know, yeah. they, he wanted a completely segregated society. Completely. And look, I, I understand the pain and the hurt and the sort of the backlash that the racism and the Jim Crow era caused, right? But it it, it, it a segregated society in 2023 certainly isn't the solution the best christmas party i ever went to in columbus ohio was mixed race so much fun and we I've were never s- thought about any other kind of christmas <laughs> it's like it's never even crossed my I, I, mind I, I, well exactly. this this was an africa this was a party thrown at on the near east side by an african-american uh, friend of my then wife and went over there 
and there were celebrities, there were regular people like me, there were it just a, a, a cross section of society. And it was so much fun. And it, we, we, everybody was so loose. There was no tension. I think we've gone so backwards now. Right. You couldn't have a party like that. People would be stiff. Go watch. We were telling yeah. jokes. Don Rickles oh, and, it, the, it, and the, and the <laughs> Rat Pack. Right. Paradise. The racism that was going on. Is paradise the right word? Make a parody of. Parody. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Make a parody of the racism. Well, play with stereotypes yeah, and have a little fun with it. Fun. That's yeah. the melting pot ideal, right? right? And that's, that's exactly what, what we did it's at what the makes party. Our country great, and we're screwing it up. Oh man, there were reinstating the, segre- there segregation. Were, there were food items that you know I'd never seen before, and I found oh this is traditional. Yeah, you just can't stuff. eat French fries every day, Norm. You got a little bit of <laughs> Well, no, no, not French fries, but like you know, uh, just homemade stuff that. Uh, th- this Ohio boy had not seen before is well, down, right. down South cuisine. And it was, it was so well, much fun. Well, Drew, look, you're in college mm-hmm. and you know, I remember my college experience was very eye opening for me. Now you may have had it. You may not as uh, dramatic for you because when I went to college, it was, I came from a smaller <sighs> town, um, where it was a, a farm community. And, you know, I went to the college of Worcester and all of a sudden I got all these East coast people. I got different, different ethnic origins, different financial uh, I mean, like money that I couldn't even comprehend. People who quote mm-hmm. summer out east, you know, it's like I didn't even, I, I had no, con- but you know, what, what yeah, was the, the, what was the, the culture biggest, shock for you? Well, first, the biggest like ethnic origins of Bowling Green are the Cleveland. The Cleveland, right. So you got yeah. the Cleveland people, but look, that's, yeah, it's sure. still different. Um, but the idea is you mix, I mean, it, it, like you, you, do you have anybody you're friends with that you weren't otherwise, that you wouldn't have otherwise ever been exposed to? Yeah. We have one guy who's up there. He's, um, from the Cape in Massachusetts. Yeah, there you go. Huh. So that's a whole different. the The idea is when you when you combine, true. This is true diversity, right? This is what this is what we're talking about diversity. They're talking the, the other side's talking about diversity and then segregate us. Yeah, <laughs> but right. the true diversity is you take the best of all. You just take everybody and put them together and see what happens. That's yeah. the melting pot. Yeah. Or so even he, a couple of the guys from like Chicago or. You must have a bunch yeah. from Southeast Michigan, Detroit area. Yeah, we have a couple. Um, most people are from Cleveland, though. Really? No yeah. kidding. Because no. Bowling Green still has a pretty good hockey team, right? Yeah. Well, and that, they, that imports they a lot some, of Canadians. Uh, they had some issues this year. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah, they had a uh, they had a couple of hazing allegations. Oh, this year. gosh. Because I remember I went to Miami, and the team was just full of Canadians. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a first. Wow. First look at you know that would brought them in huge because Canada plays hockey, and yeah. that made Miami at that time. And I think they still have a reputation of being a really good hockey team. And wow. they play oh, yeah. Ohio State coming up, right? The twenty six. No, the the fifth, the fifth, the, the, the fifth, fifth of January. Six. Forgive okay. me, the fifth of January, yeah. the fifth and yeah. sixth. So nice. the fifth is down here at Ohio State, mm-hmm. and the, the sixth, sixth is up there. So how yeah. is it, Drew, that Ohio State plays? Bo- I mean, it just seems to me like that is a a mismatch. Um. Well, Bowling Green is not in the MAC for hockey. They're in a different conference. Hockey's but, all different, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Because a lot of the MAC schools don't have teams. Yeah. And on, yeah. I bet Ohio State's not a powerhouse in hockey. Are They're pretty they? good. They're pretty good. Okay. Yeah, I remember in Miami we would split the weekends the same way, mm-hmm. and it yeah you went for the fight. Yeah, you did. You, I remember standing along the glass and you just pounded when Ohio State got in the. Yeah, it, that's yeah, awesome. Red, oh I, yeah, yeah. Last, that was a great experience for Ohio. Last year when Bowling Green played Ohio State, it got yeah. it got pretty rowdy. It's yeah. We're gonna nuts. go. It's we're gonna go. Nuts. They it's, the college guys they they take it a lot more serious than the yeah. pros do almost because they like. They're playing to get there, so they want to. Mm-hmm. They're trying to play as physical as they can. Yeah, you know what, Drew, you ought to do. You ought to join Common Sense Ohio and provide a little Ohio 
centric sports analysis of what's going on. <laughs> so maybe you can cover the hockey game for us on the on the fifth and the sixth and, and, and report back. So did you experience soapbox uh, uh, speeches on campus? People just popping down and just spitting out. Yeah, stuff. we have a we have yeah. a little bit of that, but it's um it's not as much, or at least I don't try to pay attention right, to it. Right, I'm just curious. Um, especially during the day, like when they're doing it, I'm uh, usually at work and then class, so I'm not really walking around campus too well, much. Well, that's telling, isn't it? Well, it's they've like, banned they've banned a lot of yeah, I got work yeah. to do. The yeah. tub thumpers have been banned on a lot of college campuses because they want to build out a safe space. And if some guy's going on about, you know, the end is coming and you know, it's the end times. Oh, we've had, we've had some people like that. We had one guy and um, then they move them off campus. They you say, know, you know, it, they, they didn't, they let them stay. But it's fascinating to listen to these people though. If you think, mm-hmm. Not to, not to believe it, but just to hear how emotional they are about it. I mean, that's, that's the goldenness of, of it's, free speech. It's uh, just let, let it go. You yeah. Know? yeah. The, the classic example of this is there's a place called Hyde Park in London. And, uh, you know, everybody's heard of like the fam- the famous concerts that have happened at mm-hmm. Hyde Park. But Hyde Park was the original bastion of free speech, right? You could go into Hyde Park. I remember this going there. It probably, Drew, I was probably maybe 10 or 11 or 12. I don't remember how old I was. You but, can't preach the Bible there now. And you can't do it anymore. So no. these guys these guys would just literally bring their stool or soapbox, stand That's up right. there, and just bellow all day long about whatever the hell they That's wanted right. to. That's right. Yeah, we have people like that on campus. Um, I choose not to listen to any of them, but we have people on both sides, like, spitting... So they have not created this safe space uh, policy where, you know, if somebody spouts off and it hurts your feelings, they they usher that guy or gal off of campus. Not that I've seen. And okay. Also, because they're doing that good. in a lot of places. It's also a public That's university, good. so it's all public property. Well, public universities are the worst. Well, ones. they can't they can't <laughs> engage in content based uh, censorship. So you know, if they're gonna if they're gonna ban one group, they got to ban the other. They shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Because there was but one, they do. they're not right. supposed to. There was one big one they had, um, probably a couple months ago now. Okay, and there was a pretty big crowd out there listening to her talk, and she was going on about just a bunch of nonsense. Just, and I walked by just a little bit. I don't stay and listen, but they had cops there to make sure it didn't get like out of hand. But they cop the police were just standing there watching as the students sat there and listened. And yep, you have to protect the speaker. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to protect You're the speaker. You're supposed to. Yeah. Right. So, and then you'll have the crazies come out who want to tell you that the earth is flat and the moon landing's fake. Yep. They're not? <laughs> oh. I've seen the pictures, man. It's a little bit shaky. A little bit suspicious. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, though, I'm glad to hear it still exists. It still exists, right? I, I yeah. think it's great. I, I love it. The, the walking down you know, Ohio State on a game day and you got those people preaching on the corner about whatever it is. It, oh. it seems so crazy, but it's like, but this is what it's about. You can walk right by and yeah, it, a, you, uh, it doesn't harm anybody. I have a buddy who's making his fantasy football punishment. They got to go <laughs> get up there and start speaking some nonsense in front of people. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like that. Oh uh, well, look, Norm, you want to you check? There's a story I want to talk about, but I'll let you check your boxes first. Oh man, I have so much stuff. So Second Amendment. Yeah. Do you want to you want to stick with some amendment things? Yeah. Um, so this is just I was rethinking a little bit about what we talked um, regarding the Second Amendment and the Bruin uh, decision, and Steve mentioned that uh, bubbling up to the Supreme Court is a case on disarming based on an affidavit i guess that's the system or maybe it's a judicial system uh, a judicial uh decision but when somebody complains that you know there's a red flag and they take away uh the second amendment rights of usually the husband sometimes the wife in a domestic case 
um, you know, is that constitutional or not? So Steve had mentioned a case coming up and using the Bruin test about whether or not in period were there, were there times or is there precedent at the time of the adoption of the Bill of Rights for government to take away your, your right to bear and own a firearm? And I got to thinking about that, Steve, and I do recall way back somewhere in my skull that even pre-Constitution, um, so in period, there were laws against like cruelty to your manservants and your domestic uh, indentured servants uh, or uh, your wife or your children. You you could beat them up to a point, but you couldn't go into cruelty. You couldn't really kick their ass. Yeah. And I will bet that somewhere along the lines, a Puritan judge put somebody in uh, in blocks, right, well, for probably. doing that and probably did take his musket. Maybe. Um, or so I bet, I bet there is did precedent. Did they take his musket for the time he was in the blockade or did they take his musket forever? So yeah. That, I, people yeah. will dig into that. I bet there is precedent. Look, I, I don't know what I think about the history, text, and tradition standard. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's going to – we're going to get well, some Well, it's original intent, right? We're going to get some incongruent – application of the rules because they're, they're we're going to run into stuff that just in modern society they would never have even had a chance to encounter and then we're gonna have to deal with that and well it's called called a constitutional amendment right well but we i mean that's it's how the you second would, amendment so that's you, how you, you, can't, you know. well you can amend it I, well i guess you could amend it yeah. but we're talking about does a law violate an amendment and you know is it, particularly taking it away from the second amendment or maybe not um when well, they find you know, they find these old laws all the time that probably counter Amendments. They that probably just, do. They just were, you know, when the, the so if the seventeen hundred pay, yeah, never enforced. Exactly, never enforced. Never yeah. enforced. But and if they can you find can't cook chicken on like Sunday, Sunday blue laws. Are exactly. You know, but if they can stuff. find that Miles Standish took a musket from somebody because he was beating his wife, well, that's pre. That's way pre Constitution. Right, but then that probably carried up through. We will the, see in the in the mm. state of Massachusetts. Probably carried right up to. Uh, when they when the uh, uh, confederation we shall see. We was shall formed, see. so we're going to see this coming up in things like felony convictions and whether that's a permanent disability, so you can't have firearms. We're going to see it in uh, these alleged mental health cases where yeah. that's the red flag law you're talking about, yeah. where people sign an affidavit that says Norm's crazy, and he is. We know he's crazy, well, sure, but so but they want to take his guns from him because we've said he's crazy. So, so what is it that's being discussed? Well, I think what I'll get okay, to that. Yeah, gotcha. So what what I think is probably some. What I think the Supreme Court will say is, yeah, you can do that, but not on an affidavit. You're going to have to give this person some kind of judicial process. Yeah, but that's not the issue in the case that we, we talked Like the domestic violence case, if you have a civil protection order issued against you in the context of a family or household member, a right. domestic type scenario, right. Right. that becomes a firearm exclusion. That 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 is a disability that prevents you from owning or possessing possessing firearms. That's what I'm saying. uh, That's what I'm saying. So that's a civil protection order. So I'm thinking the Supreme Court will say. But that doesn't happen without a hearing and right to be heard. Oh, good. Okay. A CPO, like you can't just go say, uh, Norm, I want a protection order against Norm. There's usually a hearing and you have an opportunity to be heard. Where the person who is having his rights taken or her rights taken can defend it. Can speak to the judge yes. or the referee that is the theory but the practice is that say you're also accused of domestic violence and you have a civil protection order pending now i have to now i'm in this juxtaposition where do i let my client testify in a civil right or in the civil protection order hearing 
knowing that I am compromising his ability to remain silent in the alleged criminal conduct. You mean that testimony could be used Correct. in the main trial? Yes, under oath, no less. So, it, you know, in practice, a, a, a notice and a right to be heard is not such a great protection. It's a so landmine, or a yeah. minefield. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, not exactly. perfect, but wow. it, it does offer that person... It offers them, but you get look. It don't, but I, I don't mean to discount how easy it is to get a civil protection order against somebody. You can just go make an allegation, lie under oath, and boom, you've got it. Hmm. Happens all the time. And, and and they do an emergency one of those without a hearing, an right? Ex parte one, but then they have to have a hearing within a certain, usually ten days or so. They, oh, they okay. give you a chance to have a hearing. Pretty quick. Ten to fourteen days. But I mean, do the stormtroopers actually come to the guy's house yes. and actually take his weapons? Yes. In that ten day period. Yep. Okay, see, I could see the Supreme Court saying, you can't do that. That happens. In fact, I've had a case, I had a case in Marysville where that occurred. A, a guy was dispossessed of his firearms, and the, the they, you know, he had, he had made a little bit of a name for himself or whatever, but they came out, and they he had to turn his guns over. And then while or, I think we brought him to the And then Steve, department. while they're in there, right, it's not so, fruit of the poisonous tree. Now they see he's got a stash of uh, marijuana. They, yeah, but, you he, know. So, but you know, that argument, the other side would say, well, he shouldn't have marijuana, so it's good that we found it. Yeah. My, my response to that is I don't, I, I'm not necessarily uh, concerned about the guy who's committing crimes. I'm concerned about the guy who isn't and a corrupt cop saying that he is. Because, you know, in that case I'm talking about, there was some bias. There was some local bias going on. Got to be. I'm not right? saying the cops yeah, were committing yeah, crimes or anything yeah, else, right. but it's not that far of a leap, skip, and a jump that they would. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I've represented, right. I've represented dirty if they, law if, enforcement. If, I've if, represented, the guy, if the guy's a pain in the ass to the, the police department for years and all of a sudden they can get him on that. Or sure. just an they enemy, an enemy yeah. of the prosecutor, a political yeah. enemy. Right. It, it, whatever. Whatever. It's like we would never use the Justice Department to oh, prosecute our political enemies. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Right. Said no president. That's been going <laughs> that's been going on since you knew who was since, a boy scout. Well, since Marbury versus Madison. Yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. Ah, going on. Okay. So that's ah. what I had on the Second Amendment. I was just thinking that That wasn't really justice against somebody, justice, but it was it was using the system against your political yeah. uh, somebody'll dig something up. Steve, I also wanted you to comment on this uh, rather remarkable chain of events now involving um, you know, Trump went to a court of a federal court of appeals, and he and he had his uh, gag order narrowed so that he can freely talk about Jack Smith and the other prosecutors in the not only the New York case, yeah. but also in the J six case. And previous to that, the the two judges were saying, you know, I'll fine you so much every day, every time you talk. Maybe yeah. put you clap irons on you and put you in in jail. And the uh, appeals court said, well, you can't talk about the judge and you can't talk about his staff or her staff, but yeah, you do have the right to, to speak about the trial in general and to also attack the prosecutors. Yeah. I look, I, I, I don't like gag orders. I, I, I'm not championing. Um, sorry to interrupt. I just want to add something when he said, mm-hmm. Because you guys always do your Columbus connection with the January sixth, a yeah. Columbus man was just charged yesterday. Yeah. So oh no, yeah, there's yeah. still st- and there's some there's some uh, yeah we'll get to that. Yeah, there's yeah. some other stuff going on with that. But yeah, yeah. so a gag order in the context of a of a trial, whether it's civil or criminal, always bugs me because it's the government saying you can't go talk about something, and that's that's again another restriction on speech and another potential. Um, area where the government can go too far. Yeah. And I think that's what the Court of Appeals said here is that, look, it, not only do you have a, a litigant in a case, a criminal defendant who should be able to defend himself and not only should, has an absolute constitutional right to do so, like him or not, agree with the case or not, you have a right to present a defense. And 
you know, if you can't say that the government in the form of ever or through whoever, you know, whether it's Congress people, whether it's um, uh, uh, people in justice, whether it's people in the executive branch, they're all talking about it. They get to talk about it, but Trump doesn't. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, that's a problem. And, and whether he's using it to mount a defense to his case or like do something else politically, like run for office, um, you know, you have a right to to speech. You have a right to free, particularly political speech. So anyway, well, I, the, I agree the court appeals on that. The, the, so jumping on what Drew just brought up, um, the Supreme Court uh, agreed to take up a, an appeal by one of the uh, over 300, one of the over 300 January 6th defendants about this very novel use of a post-Enron um, you know, energy bit of code called Section 1512 that was created recently, like like post Enron, uh, that a individual cannot interfere with documents being promulgated or used by Congress, and and the novel approach is that by uh, entering the Capitol building, that somehow you were interfering with documents being created to transfer power from uh, Trump to Biden. And th- there is a, a D.C. circuit judge for, for, for those lucky enough to win the lottery. You know, like they, they, there's several judges. And I guess, to, to, you know, if, if you're going to district court in D.C., let's say there's eight or 10 or 12 district court judges. Um, well, Drew's going to leave the table. So, yeah. hey, Drew, go. Uh, he's going to work. Go, go, bank. No man. arguments. <laughs> no arguments with that. Go add the, so, to the economy. Exactly. So, what they're doing um, is it, it, it's like a lottery, right? You get assigned a judge. There's one judge there who's been throwing out all the cases on January 6th defendants that are based on 1512 charges. All none of the other ones. So obviously the other ones who have been convicted, some of who are in jail and some of whom are, are pending uh, trial, some of these uh, defendants, one of them or several, have now gone to the Supreme Court and they've agreed to take up uh, this inequitable handling where some one judge is throwing out all these 1512 charges, but the others are not. And um, it, it, it obviously the defense counsel for these uh defendants caught up in this section 1512 which most of the defendants who have been convicted that is the basis for their conviction is this informational um uh, u.s federal statute uh, about tampering with documents and it's uh yeah this is uh it's this is, very this is strange classic lawyering i love it so what what you know on both sides so you, you know part of me this is how common law develops. We have we have a law, and the government gets creative here in applying a law in a certain set of facts. The defense challenges that and says you can't do that, and the courts have to sort it all out. So it starts as a challenge at the trial court level. I would, if I'm representing one of these defendants, I would file a motion to dismiss, saying it's uh, this is a um, overbroad or improper uh, application of the law in my case, or maybe the law itself, as applied to my case, violates something like my right of free speech. Sure. The trial court says no. We disagree. Go to trial. I lose, and now I appeal to the court of appeals. And the court we apply, we challenge that decision by the trial court in the court of appeals. And now the court of appeals either affirms or uh, reverses, says yeah, we agree with the defense or we agree with the government. Um, and then 
you know, after that decision, the U.S. Supreme Court takes it. This is how law develops. This is how law evolves. The government's uh, gotten overly creative with the application of a certain law in a case, and now it they stand a chance of getting whacked down. This is uh, this is how the system should work. Now, the the the, the travesty of that is that there there's enough play in the joints where people can be convicted, where people's liberty is taken from them, where people have to endure prosecution, pay lawyers, go through the stress, lose everything. And, and if you think I'm, I'm exaggerating, I'm not. Lose everything. So imagine everybody listening here went home and found an indictment, a federal indictment on a crime that can put them in federal prison for years. Um, so a felony indictment uh, waiting for them. And, and not only waiting for them, waiting for them with some U.S. Marshals who are there to take you away in handcuffs until you can be arraigned and have a bond set. Um, wow. And you call your job and say, guess what? I've been indicted on federal felonies, but can you just hold my job for me for a little while while yeah. I go figure it out? Right, like then, you're in the National Guard or something. Yeah, maybe right. keep paying me while I go through this for the next two years. <laughs> yeah. No, you're fired immediately. You've mm-hmm. lost your income. Right. And then you got to call up your bank and say, by the way, I can't pay my mortgage. What am I going to do? And you're going to tell your wife and kids, I can't pay the mortgage. What are we going to do? You know, you lose everything. So you lose. This everything. is a lose everything yeah. scenario. Yeah. And, you know, for, some people have enough money to defend it. Some people have to ra- have families and friends who rally around them and help them out. But most of the people just lose everything. And so whoever wins at the Supreme Court, if it gets reversed, it's going to have broad impact on a lot of these prosecutions, but it doesn't fix that. No, it doesn't. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't fix that. Right. So uh, another another uh, Supreme Court um, accepted a, a writ this time by Jack Smith, but this time by the prosecution yep. on um, immunity. Uh, you know, the question of immunity of Pre- presidential immunity, presidential mm-hmm. immunity by mm-hmm. Trump on January 6th. You know, he was still in office mm-hmm. when he gave his speeches and he said, peacefully march and then, you know, go home later in the day, told people, no, you, you shouldn't, you know, uh, trespass, go home. It's over, you know, uh, uh, no more shenanigans out there. Uh, but at any rate, uh, I know somebody who, who went to the speech on the uh, in the um, authorized zone on the on the uh, on the main plaza there in D.C. attended Trump's speech, and yes, he he said, you know, pe- do everything peacefully, you know, and and uh, and uh, so the, I don't know what other claims are involved in this January sixth. Uh, you know, the trial hasn't happened. I don't know what they think Trump did to cause the riots in, on January sixth. You know, I guess that'll come out at the trial. But at any rate, um, that uh, writ by Jack Smith for the Supreme Court to decide whether or not a president can stand for criminal liability uh, for acts while in office is before the Supreme Court. And supposedly, there's a trial date for this uh, January 6th case of March the 4th. I can't, I can't see that happening. No. no, I mean, you know, wow. the government wants this done as fast as possible, and Trump is like, no, I, you know, it, it, so I always, he filed an appeal in the appeals courts, so right. so which is now moot, I guess, because the Supreme Court's the gonna Supreme Court's going to grab it, and uh, they're going to decide this. And if you're the prosecutor, you want this decided in advance, and if you're the defense, you want it decided. I mean, you, don't, you there's no sense wasting money and time and effort on a trial. Now, it, it, you would think justice wouldn't care because they want Trump to be convicted, even if it gets reversed. Right. Um, but uh, I, I would think a rational prosecutor, rather, would want this resolved before they went to trial. You would want to know the answer to this question or what the likely answer to be. 
or is going to be. And you know how this how this shakes out. I have no idea. I don't know the law of presidential immunity. Um, it's one of those little nuanced areas. I'll, I, I'll get brushed up on it. We can talk about it. Maybe do a breakdown on it. But it's um, I can I have that. I would imagine it's pretty liberal in regards to immune, you know, yeah, I mean, if you're, if this, you're a is, sitting this president, is kind of an untouchable person, kind of. So this came up with uh, Richard Nixon. Yeah. Okay. They wanted to prosecute him for criminal acts that he allegedly did while he was in office, right? Mm-hmm. The cover up of the break in at the Watergate, sure. uh, you know, hotel. And uh, that's why President Ford pardoned immediately President. pardoned him and stopped that analysis because it, tracks. it yeah. was going to empty out President Nixon's you know his entire savings. I mean, I, I, like Rudy Giuliani has this forty three million dollar decision against him. Well, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have yeah. it, right? he, he, yeah. He's he's done. But you're forgetting Nixon was not a crook. but in general i think the precedents that i have heard precedents you know previous decisions Mm -hmm. along these lines have tended to say the president is not i mean this is just broad brush stuff so i'm not saying this is this is not a law review article uh, given orally here this is just my my gut based on reading so in general my understanding is uh, the president can't stand for civil actions for things he did while president. But criminal actions, in theory, like any other citizen, uh, he would like like if he pulled out a gun and shot Nancy Pelosi, right? Yeah. He, he, you You're know, going to be prosecuted for that. I, I, yeah. What, what yeah. makes sense to me is maybe you can't prosecute a president while he's sitting. You have to impeach him first and then do the prosecution. Um, but you, you can eventually prosecute him after he leaves office that's that, that's my guess on how it and i th- i think that was the thinking behind the pardon yeah. of richard nixon because yeah. he was going to get prosecuted and he wasn't a crook mm-hmm. <laughs> he said so right, right. Exactly. he said so himself and i'm keeping the dog I'm yeah keeping the dog i'm not a crook i don't know g gordon witty is who's this holderman <laughs> and and nancy likes the dog and by golly we're keeping checkers <laughs> Uh, there was a little, uh, Hey, let's be fair to you. You had something you oh, wanted yeah. to talk about. Oh, I just thought, did you, it's sort of, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the right word is. A little levity. Did you see the white house Christmas video? Oh my God. No, I did not. It's a freak okay. show. This, oh God. this, I thought it was a parody. Oh wow. That I, bad. I thought it was like, dude, somebody making a joke dude this did you see the sugar plum fairy guy it is insane it's it, it is insane. like uh what's the movie um a clockwork uh, orange no 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 i mean it's well, crazy like that it's crazy no the, the movie with um you know the futuristic movie like willy wonka and the chocolate factory like there's crazy games pe- it's like oh it is games. it is like that it reminds me yeah. of hunger games yeah. like these people dressed up in these crazy costumes dancing around and you know tapped in. i mean look the art the artistry i can appreciate to some extent oh. but it's so bizarre man i mean okay. it is like it is just absolutely it's a freak show it's a bad dream it, it's it, a it's a video of a nightmare it's it like a clockwork it's like it's like it something right and again, the performances—they uh, are what they are. You know, these people yeah. are talented, but boy, it's bizarre. You know, the, the, it's like the guy with bizarre. the thing on his head—like it, it is. It, it's what is the it? The sugar like, plum fairy, right? Well, yeah, that's a sugar plum on his head. It's—it's it's just madness. Mm. It is. It is. Alice, Alice in Wonderland. It's like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, that's a great. It is crazy. And it's at the go- it's at the highest <laughs> level of our government. It reminded me of Hunger Games. You know, these people right. don't know that they're wearing invisible clothes. They don't know how ridiculous they look. Yeah, right. Well, I now know what it's like to be on an acid trip. 
because that that <laughs> was like that. Yeah, I, I I literally was I was I lost buoyancy or something when we I should, watched. We should it. play a clip of it. <laughs> uh, oh. We should we should have Dan clip it in while yeah. we're talking here. But oh it is it is bizarre. Yeah, it is bizarre, and it, it and it reflects. A, I think it. I mean, let's really analyze it on some level. You know, it, it reflects a complete disconnect from reality. There's no way Joe Biden picked out that video. Well, like, isn't it, it Jill th- that's responsible for it? Yeah, well, yeah, the, the, probably. The, the first right. Yes, yeah. Right. Well, at least first lady, probably. It's yeah. the wokest thing you could ever imagine. But I it's mean, not it's even woke. It's so. It, it, it's like. It's well, creepy. Well, the the ballet troupe that they picked. If you get into the background, oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. Right, right. The, it's, it's a woke ballet. Yeah. Okay, right, so right. You, yeah. you you pay for what you get. That's right. Yeah, they're yeah. DEI ESG. It, it, it they even it's, have a, a an anti like uh what do they call it uh, white supremacy like there's right. something in the name of the dance correct. yeah yeah that's correct it's, it's just bizarre but i don't care about that part of it. i just care <laughs> about how bizarre it really is it's like but that's how they got picked probably oh well, yeah we've just right? abandoned all sense of common sense i mean remember joe specific i mean this is the this goes back to the mayor of boston thing joe when you it's like before, Nero is running the running the well, country. At this well, point. before he picked uh, Kamala, he actually said, "I'm going to find a black female as a vice presidential right. running mate." And you're just like, "My God, Joe! So you're just scratching off all white women, all white men, right. all all black men." Imagine if I did that in my job. I'm yeah. I'm going to hire a white man. Yes, I'm looking for a white man. Right. All comers. I mean, submit your application. Yeah, right. Why is it different to say I'm looking for a black woman? All comers. Well, submit he your well, application. It's, it's obviously, he, signaling. He obviously, had, that, right, it's a oh no, he, he he said those were the qualifications. Yeah. Well, I, I understand. It was more but, than a but, signal. But, well, for sure, but it's one of those. You can look for somebody like that, but do you have to say it? You have to. That's say what it, I'm right. saying. Right. He can keep it to himself, and it's like, oh wow, good for you, Joe. Now you, he's played his cards. You know that he's going to. And well, we, he wanted it to be out there. For sure. Well, that's but the you're right. thing. That's I think you're I mean. right. I think signaling, look, this happens maybe, on maybe, every maybe level. Maybe signaling you know, is the right Reagan word. Did Reagan do it with Sandra Day? Yeah. You know, was he looking for a woman specifically? I think he was. Um, well, but a, you, you could, one you for could sure, say, but he was. you could say, I'm open Just, to that. And I think it would be right. exciting to have that. that. Would, that's and it would be really. It happens all the time. Yeah. But, you know, to, but to, to say, say you're narrowing part out loud and excluding yeah. all others. And, and talk about setting yourself up. So you're right. Right, saying, say, I'm open to everyone. Well, she's so capable. <laughs> but, but the, Solve the border crisis. I'm going to find. So I'm open to everyone. I'm going to find the best candidate there is. And all right. of a sudden, you do pick Kamala. Kamala. Yeah. It, it, at least sudden, it's better. You, you, I don't. Set, you've set the stage going, wow, he looked at everyone and, Brett, and she's the best. I do not. She, it's a win for, it can work. It, can work. It, it definitely plays politically better for him across the exactly. board. But How do you say her name again, Brett. I think it's Kamala. I have, I have Kamala, no, I've, cause I have no Kamala, idea. Because I know during the last debate, Kamala, somebody got slammed down. Well, she, him, she herself wrong. has pronounced her name a couple different ways. Okay. I mean, that's the funny it's, part. It's, it's racist if you say yeah, it wrong. I, it's just yeah. such insane. I know there was some crap <laughs> there was, in the last like, debate. You know, you're, you're, you're saying you, her name you wrong. You as a white male would not know how to say her name. It's like, no, I don't know how to say it because it's. I don't understand how to say it. Well, it's not like he's mispronouncing it like George 
uh, two, no, George one saying Saddam, Saddam, you know, yeah. Saddam was or he called boy, Saddam, you know. Saddam, Saddam, Saddam. Like he yeah. did it on purpose too. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Of Which I love. That's great. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, right. Oh my god. And remember Schwarzkopf? I mean, he had so much fun at that press conference. Storm and Norman. <laughs> he's he's yeah. neither a genius, yeah. a leader. He's not a this. He's not a historian. Yeah. He's not like he named all the things that Saddam was not. Right. <laughs> it was beautiful. Uh, well, I want to, if, if you don't mind, I want to add. Uh, oh yeah. Local, on state level, yeah, I don't know if you've heard this or not. And I want to get your opinion as well too. That um, the the Ohio House State and Local Government Commit- Committee passed a resolution Tuesday urging Congress to enact the Sunshine Uniformity Act of 2023, which would permanently switch Ohio to daylight savings time. Oh, thank God! Do you think it's a good thing? Yes. Do you? Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. I can't stand it getting okay. dark at five o'clock. Do you like it dark at eight thirty in the morning though? I don't care about the morning. Okay. I'm totally okay. fine. Well, and isn't that all Carter? And didn't that have to do with like the kids getting on the bus or something? Oh, it's, it's, it's World War precedes. I. It's World War yeah. One yeah, um, energy, energy saving from is what it, I saw. It was, but, it was yeah. but it was farm related in, in that in that respect. Yeah. You're right. But it's but interesting. It, it predates yeah, Carter. The, the, you know, the House Concurrent Resolution 7 yeah. was pushed by a uh, trio of Republicans. Please and then it. there's a trio of Democrats against it. Now, I'm kind of surprised this is going down party at least reported right. as party it line it's like you either like it or you don't i, I, I it's uh, it's but it weird. just shows people just check their box right? I guess on so. so this is you part know. of our agenda you must believe well it's, remember when we, we had here and have a round table common sense and, we I had, love, and i do like the republicans are pushing that it's really they're pushing it because of the mental health combating mental health issues yeah, the darker find, winner find, that's what's find coming some out. rational basis for uh, and anyway. that's yeah. what's coming out of the well mouth the, of this i think is great the basis was farming right right now tractors that I mean big farms now have GPS controlled tractors. The guy doesn't even steer the tractor. It, the GPS system they're amazing. By yeah, the, the technology is amazing. All the guys doing sitting in the seat right. with headphones, you know, listening to his uh, rave music. Listen, no, he's listening to Common Sense Ohio. Right. Yes. <laughs> this is compared to tractors at World War One right. that were plowing maybe three rows at the most, and you needed the yeah. sun up to you see what the to, hell you, you were doing. Had yeah, to. No, and, they, they work all night long. And now, he, they don't care. It, yeah, and even yeah. then was still horse drawn. In yeah. World War One, they're know, robots because, now. Yeah, exactly. They're robots. So, but it, I just thought it was interesting. It's 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 potential now. There. So, what? There are two states that don't change time. Which are they? Indiana. No, not no, anymore. Not anymore. They do change. I, I was surprised at these two states as well too. There's I one down south too, and I can't remember what it is. Um, I'll give you a hint. They're both west. It's west. Yes. All the territories they don't change, but two states don't change right now. I did not know these two. All right, I got to know. Arizona and Hawaii. Hmm. I, did uh, not I did know, know Hawaii because I was just there. I, okay. I just, uh, okay. I was just discussed out there. Okay. So I did but, know but that. I, but I, not, I only knew it because I was I just I thought there. Indiana was on the list too and they must have changed. Must have been a state resolution. Because Indiana was always, like, it, always. like they never changed and Ohio did. Because well, my, my wife, uh, her family was right on the Indiana-Ohio line. And oh, in, in, God. In, the, in the house. Yeah, that was they, a nightmare. The clock that faced Ohio right. was fast time. Mm-hmm. Right. The other the clocks were in Indiana, facing Indiana. This is that town that's r- the Fort main Ca- street, Fort, Fort Recovery. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah right, right on the border. And it was just so funny they would had two oh. during the time change, two clock, two different times. It was so. It was, but it, but you knew exactly what to, because all the business was being done across the border, and of course you had to deal with Indiana too. So it's just so funny. But yeah, they must. I I don't know when I should have looked that up when Indiana changed. But anyway, so maybe maybe I got a couple uh, Fourth Amendment things. All right, I'd like them. to get to. One is private sector. So Apple has changed its policy now 
on how they're going to respond to government requests to divulge user data. Mm-hmm. Previously, they would disgorge data based on a subpoena. They are now saying uh, it must be a search warrant. They will not. They will not give up data unless it's a search warrant. That or the user obviously authorizes it. Yeah. This reason. is um. Hmm. So that's progress. Uh, yeah. I mean, so what they're saying, so subpoena mm-hmm. versus search warrant, here, here's all that, here's the practical application of that is that the government has, the government has grand jury subpoena power. So if a government convenes a grand jury and they start issuing subpoenas, it's virtually a limitless power. I've, I've yet to find a limit on that. Wow. Um, mm. and, and you know, they, they, I, I deal with grand jury subpoenas on like private manuf- We talked about guns last week, I think private manufacturers of gun parts and stuff. They'll get a subpoena for all their customer lists. Yeah. It's some grand jury subpoena out of Connecticut or something. And, you know, so that's what happens. You know, the, I, I've got a case right now. It's a homicide case. I'm defending it. And there was a bunch of grand jury subpoenas for phone records, et cetera. The Supreme Court has basically said you need, you need warrants for this stuff. And this is why the, the policy is changing. So, it, you know, there, there has to be a search warrant based on probable cause with an independent magistrate, in theory, uh, uh, ratifying the warrant and, and uh, issuing a warrant. So but then, you could still have a, a magistrate on speed dial that would probably could give it to you all the time. in a heartbeat. But here's the difference. I then get to go in and challenge the probable cause finding. Gotcha. I get to do okay. that. So okay. it's not just willy-nilly the government can get okay. it. There has to be some showing. So I have a case right now. It's a homicide case where the probable cause allegation was that my client was one of the last people who was seen, one of the last people who was seen with a deceased. And they issued a warrant for that four months after the homicide and uh, issued a warrant for his house where they took his phone. And then they used the phone to get phone records. Um, you know, it's like, that's a search warrant. So look, I get to go into court and say, not only was this search warrant lacking probable cause because there was so little indicia or so little information linking the, okay. the my client with criminal conduct and what would be found at his house, it was stale. It was four months old. So, you know, information go like what, what evidence were they going to find at somebody's house four months after an alleged homicide? Hmm. So I get to challenge the warrant. Now, if I win that challenge, they throw out the evidence. Um, so it gives me a chance to say, government, you can't just get this information. And if you do buy a search warrant and you don't have enough probable cause, you can't use it in court. That's the Fourth Amendment. Yeah. Okay. When did when did Miranda get decided? Steve? I think Miranda was 68. 68. Let me double check, though. So I was watching a, you know, because of the JFK thing, 60th yeah. anniversary. Right. I was watching a two or three documentaries. 66, Norm, I'm 66. sorry. 66. Yeah. So it came after, obviously, the JFK assassination. Do you know, like, I had forgotten this. Did you, did you know Lee Harvey Oswald had a press conference in jail? <laughs> after he was charged. Yeah, I've seen he clips had, of that. He had been charged. I never really put it together, but he, there's been clips of that. He yeah. had been charged, and the Dallas sheriff had him come out and meet the press because the press said, we want to talk yeah. to Lee. So he brought him out. And, and he's and, just sort of standing there dumb. Oh, they sat him at a table with a microphone. I have to go back and watch it. And they were, watch asking, that series. they were asking questions. And he and he's like, well, I haven't been charged yet. And it was a member of the press, an AP reporter, that said, no, no, I, you have been charged, Lee. And he didn't even know that. And he's talking about how he's innocent. He doesn't understand why he's there. And it's a conspiracy and he's being set up. <laughs> And he I mean, just, was there a lawyer with him? No. He was just there. Just there. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. You talk about a situation that Miranda would have envisioned. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, 
basically, he was kind of mentally. Well, and you would have to be. I mean, he I was mean, a, a little bit of a goof. Yeah. And, uh, you know, anyway. Wow. But, and, and, you know, <laughs> those that are younger listening to us, 66 seems like forever, forever ago. For us, it's like. Oh, yeah. It was only 66. I would have guessed it was probably in the 40s or 50s. Oh, you Miranda. Know, no, I, you know I, what I mean, I knew it like, was, why uh, was that not something f- fairly well, there, recent. Yeah. Actually, there, you know, it's interesting. Miranda would not be this. Our current court would not decide Miranda that way. Wow. Um, really? You don't think? No, hmm. not even close. I mean, there, there is no there's nothing in the Constitution. There's nothing in the Fifth Amendment, uh, the whether it's the Fifth Amendment right to remain silent or Fifth Amendment right to due process that or, says and to counsel. And to, well, that's the Sixth Amendment. Right to counsel, yeah. So Miranda sort of bridges this weird Fifth Amendment and Sixth mm-hmm. Amendment. It thing. does, yes. And it creates what it, it creates a prophylactic procedural right that doesn't exist anywhere. You know, you don't yeah. have. There's nothing in the Constitution that says they have to read Miranda warnings to you before they interrogate you. Yeah. Now it would be resolved differently. Now it would be resolved that you have violated this person's right to remain silent by overcoming their will to confess. Um, through questioning or whatever. And that, that body of law sort of existed before Miranda, and then Miranda sort of took off in this offshoot. Miranda doesn't make any sense in light of the Constitution. It's sort of like, look, it's 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 in line with a bunch of string of cases out of the Warren Court, not you know, including uh, uh, Roe v. Wade, huh. where they, they were just sort of taking the Constitution wherever they wanted to. Okay. And Scalia would say, get rid of, there's something else that sort of emerged in that area. It's called the, the exclusionary rule. And I think that goes back to a case called Wong's son, it was a dry cleaning place or something, but um, that was searched illegally, and, and they made a decision to throw out the evidence. They couldn't. The prosecution, the state, or the federal government can't use evidence seized as a result of an unlawful search. It's called fruit of a poisonous tree, and there's nothing in the Constitution that says that. Yeah. And Scalia, yeah. in some decisions, I'm probably back in the '90s, maybe the early 2000s, uh, was writing about this and says, "Look, you know, it's time to get rid of this nonsense. We don't need the exclusionary rule. There are other ways to redress this." And I'm not so sure there are or there are other ways. This is just the path that we're on. Yeah, now. yeah. But you know, he was suggesting like you could file a lawsuit against the government in a civil rights action to redress a violation of your constitutional rights, and people would say, "Well, that's a ridiculous." But you always have to turn back the clock and start over. You can't you can't say what would it be if it happened now because yeah, we've had yeah, the exclusionary yeah. rule. So right. if you started over and say the police illegally searched my client's house and there was a we developed a procedure where I immediately would go sue the government and ask for a remedy that they couldn't use the evidence, that yeah. might have emerged. Right. And it would have been a cleaner constitutional way to do it. I see. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it would have had to emerge. Like It's like a, you talk to roofers and, and, and guys who do siding, they say you have to be the water. So you have to sort of envision how things would, yeah. would mm-hmm. how things will right. follow gravity and, and, and where they'll go. I always called those abracadabra words. You know, like the cop reads that off of a card, you know, that he probably carries taped to the back of his shield. Right, mm-hmm. and he and he reads this this uh, rote language. It's really, a stupid rule. You know, do you understand that you have the blah 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 blah? And it goes through mm-hmm. the little list, and the guy bobs his head and signs something. Yeah, and, and they start you know. interrogating. Yeah, him. so you know, <laughs> and and it gives it. It's actually made it somewhat worse for the defense because, you know, you're more light. Like the, even if you sign your Miranda waiver, then you've pretty much signed away any challenge. You know, to to the confession. Now you can still challenge the voluntariness. I've got a case right now where I'm trying to bring some of that back where we're saying, look, the, the read technique, which is the police interview tactics right. designed to elicit statements, um, is, is designed to sort of uh, psychologically overbear somebody's ability to, to refuse questioning. And it produces all sorts of bad results. People have falsely confessed to crimes. It's been happening for years. Probably um, the best mm-hmm. thing at the Miranda warning is the thing where you, 
you have the right to remain silent. Yeah. Right? No, it's shut the, the hell up. Like every good which, defense attorney, which you've always, like, which you've always you know, yeah. like, you know, yeah. just shut up. Shut, shut up. Like, call me. Yeah. Well, and in the meantime, shut that, the hell that, up. At that point in time, the cops and are not on your side. They're not on your side. They're and not. Let me, and let me tell you something. Here, here's the logic. Of, if I had a dime for every time I've told somebody to shut the hell up and then they talk anyway because they got talked into it. Yeah. You know, so that sort of tells you it doesn't, like the cop telling you you have a right to remain silent isn't doesn't work because then they go through this series of questioning techniques and yeah. even how they present the rights. Like even the body language is designed to get people to wave and talk. Yeah. Um, but you always have to think, like you just said, Brett, they're not on your side. They're here to prosecute a crime, not exonerate you. Yeah. And I've, I've and, told both our kids that, that, you know, if you're ever yeah. in a situation like that, number one, you call Steve. Number two, just shut up. Shut you up. don't you don't have to say anything. I don't care if it's you think you're innocent as the day is long. to not shut up, to, to say, it and, will hurt you if you say something. And just shut up. And here's the, here's the next thing you tell people. We can always go in and talk later mm-hmm. if it's the right thing to do. You can always do that later, and there's no penalty for that. Yeah. But you can't unring the bell once you talked. Yeah. So, So guys, the other Fourth Mm -hmm. Amendment thing I'd like to get to is Congress this week, and I think it was part of the defense authorization um, bill, the DODA, I think they call it, uh, where they, you know, give money to the Pentagon. Well, that includes the NSA, the National Security Administration. And there's this system of courts called the FISA court system, mm-hmm. which are supposed to, when a domestic agency like the FBI wants to get this data that's been collected by a foreign uh, intelligence gathering branch of the U.S. government, the NSA is there to spy on foreign governments, foreign agent provocateurs, you know, foreign threats. That's what the NSA is for. But the FBI, knowing the NSA is gobbling up all this phone traffic uh, through its massive computer uh, systems, has gone to the FISA court like they did with, uh, you know, uh, Trump's, uh, you know, when the Russia collusion thing was Mm -hmm. in full bloom. They would go to the FISA court. It turns out they actually lied to the judge in a couple of cases. And they would then get the all of these records, telephone, email, all the stuff that, that had been hoovered up by the NSA. The FBI would get it. It has come out, and I think we talked about this on, a, on another show. The FBI, in one year, had done 3.4 million unauthorized downloads outside of the FISA court directly from the NSA. Mm-hmm. And yet Congress, and we have a Republican House, they reauthorized the FISA system it's horrible. this week. And Look, in the face of this evidence that it's being misused. Right. It's, it's just corruption. I mean, so look, they're, they're, it's basically we have established then that the government is obtaining unlawfully evidence, records, phone conversations, your communication, our communication. Everything. Everything. This and, podcast. And documenting it all. The NSA has it. And, uh, and, the go- and the government itself doesn't care that they're doing it. 
All right, that's no surprise. Yeah. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. This is why we talk about common sense. We'll protect you, the FISA right. court we can judge. Be trusted with it. Yeah, the FISA judge, he's going to guard your your, if your you rights. If you think you're elected official, it can be trusted with your personal private information. Well, then why don't you just go share your password keeper with exactly. them, too? Yeah, right. See how, yeah. And, you know, exactly right. Yeah, well, they're the government. They're trustworthy. Yeah. Here, take my I password. Have, I'm sure you'll I have you'll nothing to hide. Right. Yeah. yeah. Bullshit. So what's um, wrong with you, Norm? You must have something to hide if you don't want the government. No, I just knows. don't trust you. Yeah. yeah. So right. my response to all we've like I'm beating a dead horse here. My response is not that I have anything to hide. It's I don't trust what the government will do to manipulate the information to make me look guilty of something. Right. Right. Fine. Yeah. You know, it's a powerful entity. It's a powerful entity. <laughs> I'm buzzing in to made work. up of corrupt people. I'm right. buzzing into our 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 work uh, meeting today with you guys and on the radio there's a cbs reporter at okay that's a little uh, sexist female reporter and she's saying we can eliminate 100 percent of duis by forging forward with these eyelid interpretation cameras inside modern cars now that will disable the starting system if it detects that you're fatigued or tired or impaired in some way and I'm, and she says 100% of all of the DUI deaths out there on the highway you know w- why don't we do this well honey another way we could do it is just take everybody's keys away or yeah, like Steve nice. said put or, a sh- machine gun on or, every corner or prohibit alcohol yeah, let's just yeah. That's how that works. So if you get caught drinking, we we uh, put you in prison for life. It'll stop. That'll but stop. I mean, it shows you the statist mentality of the media. Ninety nine percent stop. Like you know, like just throw your hands up in the air and say, well, adults can't sure. be trusted to consume alcohol responsibly. You know, across the board, right? right? Because there's always some that can't. There's always a there's always a problem. And we'll she th- and she well and she thinks the solution is. To, to give the government enough power to do whatever it takes to stop bro- it. A big right. brother in your car. Right. So the next step is, okay, let's all wear these virtual glasses. Right. And then the, when the glasses sense that you're pointing something <laughs> at a human. Right. There you go. That's beautiful, it Brett. It knocks you out. That, you out. that is beautiful, so I mean, Brett. Come on Minority in. report. Let's, let's yeah. see where the rain falls go. on that one. Yeah. And then, you know, but yeah. you're right. These unintended consequences always emerge. So you're going to give the government enough power to disable your car if it thinks that you're under the influence. Oh, my God. You know, and you think that, well, that sounds good on its face, I guess, but you're not thinking about all the other adverse ways that technology is going to be used. Right. And then, you know, if they can do that, why not just keep you in your house and you can't leave unless you really, really have to leave? Don't make we already it, make have, it China. Don't we already have that a little bit for DUI? Uh, can, we do. Yeah, yeah, you're going to see the blow test or something like that? Yeah, there, there's uh, a... In, in your car. And, yeah, breathalyzer yeah. intellect you know, devices yeah. in cars. Yeah. And, and I can think of fact patterns where somebody who's impaired but maybe is in the process or is being threatened with rape or murder, hmm. gets behind the wheel of a car. But just, can't go anywhere, they're going to they die. They can't go right. anywhere. So that's just one, right? That's I mean, that's one. just one. And, yeah. and look, not to mention, it's not going to work, right? No. So interlock devices in cars don't work. So what you're talking about, Brett, is like you go to ju- you go to court, judge uh, finds you guilty of DUI, and as a consequence of your probation or your uh, a condition of your ability to drive for a limited purpose to and from work and uh, et cetera, is that you have to have an interlock device installed in your car. That's yeah. a device that has a little tube you blow into. And in theory, it won't let the car start if it detects alcohol. Yeah. Well, yeah. People get around that in so many ways. Like, oh, yeah. they'll, 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 like a look, trick anything. People go on. to the bars and just leave their car running. 
Oh my God! You got to be kidding me! The, the technology is designed now. It's better now that they can sort of catch that. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I've never or, heard of that before. Or you just have somebody else blow and start it. Wow! Or, or you know, people use balloons. I've heard of people trying to use balloons. <laughs> oh my I mean, God. Look, people are going to get around it. They are well, clever. Sure. Or yeah. they're just going to drive a different car that doesn't have that. Right. So, an older, right, right. A beater. Right. So, yeah. and are they doing it unlawfully? Yes, they're breaking the law, but they're criminals. Wow. They're alcoholics. <laughs> it's what they criminal. do. Exactly. Right. So, but it doesn't. This law is not going to impact the criminals. It's going to impact us. All right, so I've got something else. Are Go you, ahead. You got more on this? Well, well I was just going to do a little public service announcement about Let's the ed, the. So Ohio now has in place this what they call Ed Choice, their the voucher program, and basically for a family of four, making uh, this is just an example that that they have a big table, so you disclose your finances, but they for a family of four that's making. Under one hundred and thirty-five thousand combined income, you can get the full voucher of sixty or six six thousand one hundred sixty-five bucks for K through eight to spend at you know the school of your choice, and for high school eight thousand four hundred and seven dollars again as a voucher to spend at your choice of a high school, and um, it's a two billion dollar program. It's in effect. You can go to Ohio Ed Choice uh, and uh, you know put the search for that, and up will come the forms. You are still eligible through the spring, like this school year. You can apply right now and still uh, qualify. That doesn't so. force the busing system to pick your kid up to take them to the no. It's school not level. about busing. No. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think anybody who who really digs into this from our from a common sense approach. The voucher system is the savior of the education system. Eventually, you this know, is what is, Thomas Sowell yeah, Tom, yeah, always exactly. wanted. Yeah, this he, is because like, it creates competition. That's and, right. You know, and, and you know, you can't have it's. It's going to prevent the if the inner city schools are absolute crapola and not teaching anybody and they're, they're they're run amok. Well, then people just won't go there and they'll have to close. Right. All right. Well, then what's going to replace it? So again, you have to follow the water. You yeah. Know, there, there's like in, in and Thomas some of the Sol- public schools are accepting these vouchers. So let's suppose you live in a bad school district. And you want to get to a good one. And you want to go to a good one. Right. The the neighboring school district, if they have chairs empty, some of them are taking these vouchers and saying, "We'll take a kid from outside our district." Yeah, you bet. It's good. Yeah. It's Competition good. between two public schools. Yeah, see what happens. So you yeah. know, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. It, it, it will be. Honestly, I think the Scandinavian countries, like the the beloved yeah. Scandinavian countries of the socialist elite, uh, they they have vouchers. Utopia. Okay, so right. Well, yeah. this may go too deep, but I can also see. Okay, so if you, and I'm going to play the other side of this. So, I think there's more problems with inner city schools than just the school system itself. It's the family support. No question. Okay. So yeah. correct. Yeah. No but question. This, this will smoke that out and force a solution could. to it, that. It, it Why could. condemn those students to stay in that it system? It could, or you're looking at, let's say, it's a it's the family that doesn't support their kid, but they see an opportunity to go to a better school, but they still don't support their kid in a better school. Yeah. Well, that problem still exists either way, I guess. Yeah. So right. you, you would. You know. I, my 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 uh, response would be. All right, so that problem exists under both scenarios. Let's at mm-hmm. least solve the first one. Yeah, true. I, 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 yeah. So if the yeah, schools, yeah. I agree, it's not every school's the fault. In That's fact, right. I, right. I think no school's the fault. It, I, I, I think it's, it's not. Yeah, but I, to I tell a student that he or she has to wait for 20 years for that district to get its shit together right. is unfair to that student. That right. student, he only has he's, one he's, chance at being lost. It's now. It's, it's right. now. She's lost. Instead, exactly. instead the other sure. side is, is making them part of the agenda. Yeah, yeah, that's a agenda that has yeah. no end. And that yeah. person, the, so. the little kid has, 
no options. So yeah. now they do. Yeah. So yep. Yep. anybody would say, you know, people ask Norm all the time, why Ohio? Why Common Sense Ohio? But, you know, Ohio's great. And just ask Portsmouth, Ohio, which has now been deemed by the Hallmark Channel the greatest Christmas town. Or it's wow. officially named Portsmouth, yeah. Ohio. As has it been? Town Christmas town. Wow. wow. Right. So, which is interesting. You know, and it is a nice Portsmouth. town. It is. Frankly, a, it's a, it's a, and there's made a great comeback. A, a, a yeah. dear friend, and uh, he was he's deceased, unfortunately, but he's a lawyer. Um, he went down there about ten years ago, started a law practice, Jeremy huh. Burnside, and and really got involved in the town. Nice. More than ten years, actually, and uh, you know he he died recently and, and tragically, but uh, you know he really revitalized a lot of that downtown area, and it's really a neat old school town. It when is. You go down there. It's got it some is. river components. It's got yeah. some neat rest. I mean, it, it's how a, about it's a the cool murals? And the murals, it, yeah, uh, and the home of the Spartans, the original NFL. I think the first NFL game was played in Portsmouth, Ohio, against Green Bay. Or did least, not know it, that. Wow, Portsmouth, yeah. Ohio makes it big again. Well, good. I always figured it, it was Canton, you know. That's cool. Yeah, I think so there's a shoelace factory down there, too, at some point. But, wow, yeah. that's great, man. Yeah. Cool. No, Ohio. Ohio is, uh, you know, the pro football star here. Yeah. Dude, that's that's badass. Yeah, it's badass. Yeah, there's that, another little, like, pro, like, the feel-good thing. I was reading in the automotive news that there's these two entrepreneurs uh, in Medina, Ohio, where the Packard Motor Company used to be, where it was – manufacturing cars back in the 20s and 30s and these were rolls-royce cadillac level cars that were exported to europe because they were high-end mm -hmm. quality these guys have restarted production of a kind and and they haven't sold the first car but they've done um a, a, they have a, a a car a prototype that's in their showroom and they're well funded they are looking for a factory site and um it's right there. The guy bought all the intellectual property rights of the old Packard company. That's awesome. It sounds and, like Tucker, the old Tucker story. So they, they created a 1934 convertible Packard from all new parts Please make, with a modern drive. It's, like a mod. it's, it's EV though, right? Uh, they'll build, they will build, oh God. they will, they will build an EV if that's what the customer <laughs> well, wants. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I'll go with Remember that. The commercial? With that. I think it was a barbecue that. sauce commercial. These guys, all these three guys, what are you eating? 52 Packard. <laughs> anyway, um, well, that you got, I think nice. that, that's going to wrap us up. I think, um, holidays coming, guys. You know, so Christmas, we got one more before Christmas. Okay. Uh, so we'll, uh, I want to talk about the greatest Christmas movies of all time. We'll do that next week. Nice. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah. Okay. And isn't, isn't that, the, the home with the Red Rider BB gun thing. That's in Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. I forget. What was it? Christmas story? The Christmas story. Christmas story yeah. Okay. Yeah. They made we, a sequel last year, I think. It, so we could talk about that too. Oh, yeah. Because I think it just got sold. It got sold. That was in the news. There was like people. Yeah. There, there was some controversy going on. Well, we'll talk about it. Yeah. That, that's that's good research. fodder, man. Good. But cool. uh, yeah, get your, put your movie hats on. I do this every year. So we have the greatest Christmas songs or carols and then yeah. the greatest Christmas movies of all time. C C Clarence, is that you? You know, <laughs> so, uh, Show.com is where you can check us out. You can, uh, uh, like, and subscribe on all the social media that's attendant to commonsenseohiohow.com. If you don't know where to go find that and you don't know social media, much like we here at commonsenseohiohow.com, you can just go to commonsenseohiohow.com. See how I keep saying that over and over. Commonsenseohiohow.com and you can click on the icons. They'll take you to where you need to be. You can subscribe to the podcast there. You can check out the blogs. You can check out the old content. Lots of stuff going on. Soon, uh, you, we have uh, some sponsorship opportunities for uh, the masses. Uh, but if you want to be a business sponsor, please just reach out to us. Again, you can do that at commonsenseohiohow.com. 
thanks to Drew, who had to leave, my son, who was uh, going to work. Boy, that sort of makes a dad proud, doesn't it? That's awesome. I'm going to work. That. That's awesome. Like going to work. He's like, yeah, hey, I can come down and watch part of your show. I can't stay for the whole thing, though. I got a job. College student that's got a side gig. I love it. It shows how. I can't how- say I was doing that at his age. I was probably partying like a rock star. Yeah, I was. I'm, I was like Drew. Yeah. I had a, had a job, man. Good for him. Yeah. If I had a job, I would have. Total know, it respect. Wasn't, it wasn't an eight to five job. But anyway. Total respect. Uh, so, commonsenseiowshow.com, where we are coming at you right from the middle of Ohio, at least until now.